Good morning, church. Hey, you got an extra hour of sleep. You need to be a little bit more awake than that. There we go. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I love that extra hour, even though it's only one day. But I forgot about it. I was out to dinner uh, with my family last night, and Marsha told me, you know, we gain an hour. I'm like, we do not. Well, it was my fault. I should have believed my wife. So uh, I texted the, the staff text message. I'm like, hey, do you guys know we get an extra hour of sleep? And uh, so, but, uh, so if you are a visitor, first off, thank you for coming and visiting with us. My name's Jen. Warline. I'm the campus minister. And if you're a visitor, you're probably wondering, is our worship team that good every week? Yes, they are. Uh, Steve does a fantastic job with his entire team. It doesn't matter who's up here. It doesn't matter what week it is. They always do a fantastic job. Um, we love them very much. <clears throat> All right, so we are now in November, which it's really hard to say that, but uh, we're in November, and uh, uh, I'm going to ask a question, and no judging. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. How many of you guys have at least one Christmas decoration up already? Y'all lying. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen too many Facebook posts. Y'all lying. Right? So we have a rule in our house. My wife's birthday is on the 15th of November. Uh, we cannot put anything up till the 16th, uh, just so uh, it doesn't feel like we skip her birthday. Uh, so, um, which we have once, but it was a long story. It was a long story. But uh, um, so we're in November. That means, church, we have 50 days till Christmas. Can you believe that? Oh my goodness, I know. But uh, so we're about two weeks away from being at the end of our Sermon on the Mount series. It's a, it's a 10-week ten, ten, uh, ten series we've been in. We've went over some pretty, pretty good topics, right? We, we've went over some different things in Scripture that maybe uh, we just never really took time to slow down and dissect it and look into it deeper, but I think we've been doing that pretty well. Uh, I've been giving you guys a challenge every week. It doesn't matter which one, uh, which verse we have spoke about or uh, talked about or studied. I've given you guys a challenge. I pray that you guys are taking those challenges uh, serious. You know, last week was our Family Foundation Sunday, and uh, uh, the week before we talked about, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember. It wasn't... Uh, don't judge. Oh, that was two weeks. That was three weeks ago. But uh, so today we're going to talk about gifts. We're going to talk about good gifts and what Jesus tells his disciples and the followers in the crowd about what to do with good gifts. We all know somebody in our lives that they're not a very good gift giver, right? You may be that person that you're just not good at giving gifts. You know, and uh, we have somebody in our family, they're just not really good at it. Uh, I'm not saying you're supposed to be good at it, but uh, at least try. Come on. And uh, you know, a lot of us have that age old saying, well, it's the thought that matters. To some extent, yes, you're right. But uh, I had someone, love them to death, love them to death. This past uh, couple months when I was, uh, um, uh, you know, going through my eye thing where I couldn't read or do, they got me three books, not on tape. I'm like, the thought was there. The execution might have not have been there. But uh, uh, so we know somebody that does not give good gifts. Well, church, we need to say this. God gives the greatest gifts. Amen. God gives us so many gifts on a daily basis. Church, what happens when that person that gives you that gift, that they're not a good gift giver, and they catch you not using it? It's embarrassing. What if they catch you giving it away or selling it? That's even more embarrassing. What if that person catches you re-gifting that gift? We're not even going to get into that. That one's pretty, pretty ugly. 
But we all have someone that doesn't give good gifts, and it looks really bad when we don't use it. Well, that's the same with God. God gives us great gifts, and a lot of times we choose not to use them. Or we choose to be very selective in where we use them. So today we're going to talk about what Jesus says on how to use the good gifts that he gives us. Now, church, I know we all have different talents. We all have different things we're good at. But the good gifts we're talking about today are the things that are good gifts to everybody across the board. These are things that Jesus gives to all of us. Jesus did not give me the good gift of singing. I can't do it. He did not give me the good gift of dancing. Don't even ask. Can't do it. But he gives us all these good gifts, and we're going to look into them. But most importantly, we're going, to, we're going to look into how we need to respect them and use them. So if you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew 7, and we're going to start in verse 6. So this is about at the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, a little closer to the end. And it says this. It says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn it and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will open, be open to you. For everyone who asks will receive. The one who seeks will find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Nine says this. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, he will, you will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to, I'm sorry, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you, to those who ask? And 12 says this, so in everyone do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus is telling him, telling the followers and the people in attendance that God gives you good gifts. He gives you good gifts all the time, and we're human. A lot of time we take them for granted, or a lot of time we, we just don't see them as gifts. A lot of times we see them as, as um, things that maybe are optional, things that we can use, things that we can't use. You know, but Jesus is telling them that the good gifts he gives, he tells them how to use them, how to respect them, how to get the most out of them. And then we're going to start from the beginning or from the end, if that's okay. We're going to touch on the last verse. And it says this, it says, do to others what you would have to do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. What is this called church? The golden rule, the golden rule. Do you know this was not really called the golden rule, golden rule until Bible scholars in the 16th century labeled it the golden rule. And now there's a lot of people that are not really, uh, they don't know their scripture very well, but they know this. I believe there's a lot of non-believers that don't know scripture at all, but they know this. This is probably the most popular, uh, the most well-known scripture in the Bible. It's the golden rule. Everybody knows the golden rule. The way I found out what the golden rule was is my grandma used it against me and my brother and my sister all the time. That's how I found out what it was. But when you look at other different uh, scenarios over uh, other different religions and translations. A lot of other people have their version of the golden rule. One of them is do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. Sounds pretty similar, but there's a couple words that are replaced. Another one is this is the sum of duty. Do not to others what would cause pain if done to you. And the last one, it says hurt not others in ways 
that you yourself would find hurtful. The other translations or religions tell us that we don't do this. Jesus tells us that we do it. Amen. Jesus says, do. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus is telling his disciples to do because he's being proactive. He's telling them to do. If Jesus says love, you do it. If Jesus tells you to forgive, you do it. Jesus is telling us to do, not to don't. Right? He's telling us in this passage of scripture that we need to do this, not to don't it. I'm saying donut. Did you guys catch that? Oh, man, I'm a mess today. But if he says to do it, church, we have to do it. And when we look at what Jesus tells us to do, and we look at what, what we see in Scripture, he's telling us to love others. He's telling us to do what Scripture says. We need to love others, and we need to love them in a way that we would like to be treated. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, didn't we? And so we're talking about the golden rule. The golden rule was given with love for others in the forefront of his mind. It was, we, we are notorious being human beings for being unloving and selfish. Come on. We are notorious for being unloving and selfish people. But Jesus is telling us we need to do, we need to love. And we need to, we need to love in the way that we would like to be loved. If we live a daily life that we're all about the don'ts, I don't forgive you. I don't love you. I don't respect you. I don't care for you. Church, that is living against everything that Jesus is telling us how to live. Amen. It's living against everything that he's trying to teach to us. If we go into, a, into our life every day living a don't life. Church, when we look at this, there's a scripture that really tells us what we're supposed to do, and it's in 1 John 4, 19. And he says this, we love because he first loved us. Church, this is, should be the beginning of any relationship, good or bad, that you enter into. We need to love because he first loved us. We need to respect because he respects us. So we're going to touch on the first good gift, if you guys are taking notes. Love is a good gift. Love is a good gift. It's a gift that Jesus gave to us. It's a good gift. I can borderline. It's a great gift. I love love. Does that sound weird? That sounds 70, 70 70-ish. I love love, right? It's a good gift. Jesus gives it to us. And the first part of Jesus' sermon, he gives us this radical command that nobody had preached or spoke of before. And it says, we love our enemies and we need to pray for those who persecute us. That was a radical statement back then. I truly believe it's a radical statement today that he's telling us that we need to respect that good gift of love and we need to love our enemies. Church, why is it such a radical saying, a radical scripture that people have never heard before? Because we believe that love is a good gift when we say it's a good gift. Love is a good gift across the board. He also talks a lot about different things in the Sermon on the Mount, about what we're supposed to do with our enemies. We have a pretty good idea what we should do with our enemies, but that list was wrote by us, not by Jesus. 
So when we talk about love being a good gift, we have to give it to those that we feel are unworthy. That's, that's tough to hear. That's a radical statement. Church, we have to give our love. We have to give the love of Christ that people that struggle to understand this. But that's what Jesus was saying. He says, he says you need to love your enemy because it's a gift. It's a good gift. 1 John 4.20 says this, Whoever claims to love God but yet hates his brother or his sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God. Whom they have not seen, 1 John 4.20. The golden rule, it captures the idea that is solely unique to Christianity. That we're supposed to love because he loved us first. And there's no way, and scripture says that this is not a Jed paraphrase. It says, if you hate your brother, you're a liar. If you do not love your brother and your sister, because how, and it says, you cannot love God. Church, this is such a radical statement that Jesus was trying to get through through a simple golden rule. Just love others the way you want to be loved. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Church, we're done treating our good gift like it's a don't. It's a good gift. We're supposed to use it. We're supposed to be unselfish with our good gift of love, but we are so stubborn. Amen. We are. We try to use our good gift when we want to use our good gift. So the first one is the first good gift is love. Second is good gift is the good gift of giving. And I know what you're thinking, and you're wrong. <laughs> I want you to listen to me. So in verse six, verse 6, he says this, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Verse 7, he says, Ask and it will be given to you. Verse 9 says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Verse 10 says, if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? Verse 11 says, and then you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give good, give good gifts to you, those who ask him? The golden rule is talking about giving good gifts, that giving is a good gift, and not just giving them to other people, but letting God give you his good gifts. How many of you guys are not just a bad gift giver? You're a bad gift receiver. Come on. Right? Someone gives you a gift that you don't feel like you're worthy. You're like, no, I can't take that. I'm... You know, it's okay to let people give you stuff. It's okay for people to help you out. Church, I am only talking about this because I am the most stubborn person when it comes to people helping me. When people try to give me something, I'm awful at it. I'm trying, I really am. But this past six weeks, I had to get good at letting other people give me a good gift. I had to be okay with and get better at people helping me because I was unable. Giving is a good gift. Receiving and giving. Good gifts are meant to be shared, not to be hid away in a storage locker somewhere. God gives you a good gift. How are you going to receive it? How are you going to use it? 
And then we're going to get down into scripture where Jesus is really telling us how we need to respect and take care of the good gifts that we are receiving from God. And it says this, it said, good gifts are not meant for dogs and pigs because they are sacred things of God. When things come from God, they're sacred. When things are given to you from, from, from the Lord, they are sacred. Because nobody else can give you those, church. Amen? Amen. Any gift you give from God, you're not going to find in a new Target. I was there last night. I was pretty impressed. I found a toy Bronco. I almost <laughs> cried. It was awesome. <laughs> but I did see some church members there, though. But you know what? When I say it, Dogs and pigs, because they are sacred things of God, if it is given to you, you cannot get it from anybody else. You should hold that close to your heart. If God gives you a gift, it better be sacred. If God gives you a gift and he shows you how to use it, you better use it. But instead, Jesus tells these people in attendance, y'all are throwing your good gifts to dogs and to pigs. You're not respecting them. You're not using them. You're looking at these good gifts as they're being expendable or they're being disposable. Church, a good gift from God should never be thrown away. It should never be put up on a shelf. It should never be hid away from you or anybody around you. If God gives you a good gift, it is sacred. We should not be thrown into dogs and pigs. And he continues on. He says, a pearl he talks about a pearl and casting your pearls to swine. Casting means throwing or launching. And he says, well, some of us were throwing our pearls to swine. And a lot of people think that the scripture means, you know, judgment. We need to make a decision on who we talk to, how we talk to them, and stuff like that. But, you know, when you really look at the scripture, he talks about what we're doing with our good gifts. We're throwing them into a pig pen because we don't think that good gift was made for us. Maybe we're, we're, we're throwing it to the dogs like a bone because we don't feel like we're capable enough to use that good gift. Church, if you read the Bible, there's, they talk about pearls a lot. And in the Bible, in Scripture, a pearl is, is described as a precious stone. How many of you guys have any form of pearl at your house? Almost all of us right? It is a precious stone. You're not just going to take those pearls and throw them into the Canal River. And that's what he's saying. He said, the, the pearls I'm giving you, the, the precious things I'm giving you, you can't just throw them away because they have value. They have a godly value. Now, how can we take these precious things and how can we respect them? How can we take these precious things that Jesus is telling us about and how can we use them to our capability? Well, because we need to remember three things. When it comes to those good gifts that God has given you, it is your responsibility, it is your privilege, and it is your joy to respect and use those good gifts. Amen? Amen. It is your responsibility as a Christ follower, to use those gifts. It is your privilege to have those good gifts in your life every day. 
Church, I know we live in a day and age that we feel like love is not even close to being on the forefront of people's mind. Really? Can you imagine the world if nobody loved? We're not there yet. We don't need to be there yet. And the only way that we cannot, that we prevent ourselves from getting there is we need to see our good gift of love. It's a privilege and it's a responsibility. But number three, it is our joy. It is our joy to love people and use our good gift. It is our joy to use our good gift of giving and to help people when they can't help themselves. It is our joy, our responsibility, and privilege to use these good gifts. So when I was a little boy, I grew up and we didn't have a lot to do. So we made what was supposed to be fun. Oh, you guys know where this story's going. It doesn't involve a broken bone. It should have, but it didn't. So my papa was a, a, a retired, uh, um, re- retired man. He, he worked at GM since he was like 16, 17. He retired very young. And, and so uh, papa was always home, and, and he lived back behind an old, closed-up tile mill. And the tile mill closed in like 1945, and it, was, it still had all the equipment and stuff in it. And behind the tile mill was an old railroad track that used to run through the tile mill. And uh, on the side of the tile mill was, was this big old creek. And I'm telling you, that was a recipe for disaster for the boys in my little town. And I remember we went over to Papa's to, 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 we told him just to go on a bike ride. That was not our intention whatsoever. So we went to Papa's and he said, hey, before you go, he said, I have a gift to give you. And back then I still was not a good gift receiver. I said, nah, it's okay. I was eight. And my Papa was like, no, 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 here, this is special. And he, he pulled out his pocket watch that he always had in his pocket. And he said, here, I want to give you this pocket watch. My grandpa gave it to me. I'm giving it to you, and one day you're going to give it to your kids. And I remember when I looked at the pocket watch, I can't tell you the joy that I had in my heart. I can't tell you the responsibility that I had when I had this watch in my hand and the responsibility that he put on me by saying, you know what, you're going to give it to your boy someday. And he looked at me, he said, this has been in our family for many years. He said, it's sacred. He said, this is a huge responsibility for a boy your age to take care of this until your sons get your age. And he said, if you treat it correctly, you're going to be able to do, give it to your son, they're going to give it to your son, and then it's going to get all the way down the line when people look at it and don't even know it's a pocket watch because they don't realize what it is. And I remember I took that thing and I put it in my pocket. And to me, I was like, oh, the pocket is the safest place for this 100-year-old pocket watch. And so we found a, a hood of a car in the creek. So we decided to prop it up against the train tracks and try to ramp ourselves over the creek. <laughs> Don't lie, you guys have done this too, right? No, just me, okay, cool. So we, we set it up, and of course, I was the youngest, and so I had to go first. And I remember I got up as much speed as I could on this hand-me-down bike with two flat tires. Man, I thought I was going to fly. And it was like a movie. As soon as I hit the ramp, like, there were there's just, oh, and then, boom, <laughs> I didn't even make it past the ramp. And I fell into the creek, and we rode for a couple more hours. And I got up, and I went back to my papa's house to drop off her bike, and I felt my pocket, and the watch was gone. And then we went back to the creek, and it was already dark, and we spent probably four hours 
And I came back about midnight. And I remember it took everything I had to walk up to my, my papa and say, hey, that sacred thing you gave me, <clears throat> I was reckless with it. That sacred thing you gave me that I knew meant the world to you, <clears throat> I lost it. And my papa starts to laugh. He said, son, that was a pocket watch I got at a flea market. I didn't give you, he's like, I didn't give you the real thing yet. He's like, I wanted to see if you were responsible enough to have it. I wanted it. Mm. <laughs> and I remember I looked at him and he said, Jed, you're not ready yet. I gave you the real thing or the not real thing because you're not ready for the real thing. Church, when it comes to our good gifts, I want you to listen to this. Life is not just one big flea market that you can pick up knockoff things and make them look like fake. Life is the real thing, and you, there's only one of them, church. So when God gives you a good gift, he's not giving you the fake thing to see if you can, to, to respect it, to see if you can protect it. It is the real thing, church. There is one life, and God is trusting you in this one life with his good gifts. So what are the good gifts that I'm talking about? Number one is it's your faith. Your faith is a good gift. It's something that we need to treat with respect, but are you treating your, your good gift of faith like it's just a common thing? Church, it breaks my heart to think that there's so many people out there today that do not have faith in Jesus Christ. Your faith is the first good gift. What are you doing with it? Are you treating it like an everyday item? Are you looking at it as a gift from God and know that you're supposed to use it? Number two is the good gift of God's word, of the scripture, of everything that you read, that you dive deep into, that you study every, hopefully every day. God gave us the good gift of scripture and direction. But how are you handling that in your life? Are you using it more as a conversational piece when you put it on your, on, on your, on your nightstands, on your, on your stands in your house? Are you really getting into it? Church scripture is a gift from God, amen? You have to believe that. Another one is a good gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you taking it for granted? Are you taking the good gift of the Holy Spirit for granted? Are, are you not recognizing it? Are, are you not using it? Are, are you not letting the good gift of the Holy Spirit move in your life? That's a good gift. Church, it is a good gift to have a loving church. Amen. I want you guys to understand, and I'm not tooting anybody's horn. Church, you have a good gift in a church that loves you across the board, every campus. We get up here every Sunday, every Wednesday. We are in the office. We're at people's houses every day because we know that God has given us a good gift of a loving church, and we need to respect that as a staff. Church, you are part of a good gift of a loving church. What about your Christian friends? Christian friends are a good gift. A lot of times they're hard to find, but it's a good gift. God gives us good Christian friends. Are you respecting them? Most importantly, are they even important to you? The last one, we're going to sit here for a while. What about the good gift of 
prayer. That is a good gift from God. Do you just use it for emergencies? Do you use it as an everyday open conversation with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or do you just go to it whenever things go sideways? Every good gift that God gives us has a purpose, and it needs to be used appropriately. So those good gifts are the ones that we're going to talk about today, but we're really going to set on the prayer one. So in Scripture, it, it, it says that if you ask, it'll be given to you. If you seek, you will, be, you will find it. Then if you knock, what does it say is going to happen? The door is going to open. And when we look at this, these are the promises of God in prayer. He's saying if you ask, it'll be given to you. If you seek, you will find it. If you knock, I will open doors only I can open. Church, do you believe that there's some doors you are not intended to open? There are certain doors in your life that you know you're not even supposed to be behind them. But you choose to disobey God and his timing, and you try to go through those doors before they're ready. Church, when we look at this, we're going to break them down into three parts. Number one is asking. Asking demonstrates a humility about your prayer request. Church, it's very humbling to have to ask for help. Amen. It is very humbling to ask for something that you're in need of. Asking demonstrates a humility about what we're going to the Lord in prayer about. One of the most places that I believe that you're, sh- you're supposed to show the most humility is when you go to prayer. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord because you know that he is greater than you ever will be and you need to honor and respect that. So asking demonstrates humility. James tells us you do not have because you do not ask God. Asking is the basic level of prayer. It's the bottom, and we're working up to the top. Number two is seeking. Seeking demonstrates a determination about what our request is. Psalms 105.4 says this. It says, to look to the Lord in his strength, seek his face, church, when? Always. Always seek the Lord Jesus Christ. When somebody asked me, they said, well, what does seeking look like in your life? To me, seeking is a journey. To me, when we seek out the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not a sprint. It's a journey. We have to take proper steps to get there. And church, I'm going to go a step farther, no pun intended whatsoever. That was pretty good. About our journey is this. Having a journey with the Lord is a good gift. The fact that Jesus wants to be around you and you want to be around him, that is a good gift. And the last one is knocking. Knocking demonstrates a urgency about my request. Things that drive me crazy are people that are soft knockers, right? If it's urgent, kick down my door. Please don't. But, but urgency. Knocking demonstrates that it's, an, it's urgent, that it means something to you. But also knocking means you're really close, church. When you knock, you have to be two steps away from where you're trying to go. Church, this is the part that I believe takes the most patience. And I believe in, in these three steps of, that Jesus is telling his followers, this is where most people fall off. Church, we're so close. 
We have so many people in our life, they've, they've asked, they've seeked, and they're getting ready to knock, and they walk away. Church, there's some of you today that you have asked about something. You have seeked the answers, and you're so close, church. All you have to do is knock, and you don't, and you walk away. Church, nothing breaks my heart more than knowing that somebody's so close to knowing who Jesus Christ is and they walk away. Church, we need to know who's on the other side of that door, amen? It is Jesus. And when we're so close, church, when we're so close, it doesn't matter what the reason is, we can't go back, amen? We can't. We have to knock feverently, urgently, we need to, to be there because Jesus is on the other side of that door and there's things every day in your life that's trying to distract you from that good gift. There's things in your everyday life that's trying to make you go back to your old ways. But church, we have to knock. We're so close. Church, and the one good gift that we really need to appreciate and we really need to, I would say, mold our life around we have a good gift of a good, good father. Amen. Come on. We have a good gift of a good, good father. In scripture, he tells us that his children knock, they ask, and they seek. And he continues on. Jesus says, you know, I'm going to give you what you need. It says, if I ask for, uh, ask for food, am I going to give my kids a snake? No. Jesus is the same way because he's a good father. He knows what you need. He knows when you need it. He's not going to give you something that's, that, that, that's not of his plan. Jesus is going to give you what you need because he is a good, good father. Church, we need to trust that. So in closing, I want to, to talk a little bit more about when we knock. Church, I believe that when we knock, this is when you and your heart are really starting to be opened. That scares the daylights out of a lot of people, amen. When your heart starts to, to soften, when the ice around your heart that, that has been there for a long time because somebody hasn't given you the good gift of love, they haven't given you the good gift of, of forgiveness, Church, I think when we knock and we start to feel our heart change, that's when we get nervous and we walk away. Church, I pray that everyone here knows what the good, good gifts are. Church, if that's you and you're knocking and you want to run away because you're afraid what's on the other side of the door, church, I am telling you it's greater than anything on this side of the door. Amen. It's greater than anything in our life. You are so close, church. You're so close. We need to knock until that door opens. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you, God, I want to thank you for the good, good gifts that you give us. God, I want to thank you for the gifts, Lord, that you give us. God, that maybe. We feel like we're not worthy to possess. But God, 
we know that you give us those good gifts for a reason. God, we know you give us those good gifts for a purpose. And God, I know we have a lot of people, a lot of naysayers, Lord, that say that the gifts that we have, they're not important. Maybe we have people in our life telling us that our good, good gifts are expendable, disposable. God, my prayer today is if there is somebody here that is feverently knocking, Lord, God, I pray that you give them the patience to hold on till you get to that door. God, my prayer is over everybody in our life, Lord, that we know maybe they struggle with the asking, maybe they struggle with the seeking, but maybe they struggle with the knocking. God, my prayer is that you soften their hearts while they wait. God, that you soften their minds so they can think like you. God, we love you in your glorious name. Amen. So we're going to start a new, uh, I don't want to say procedure because that sounds awful. We're going to start a new way of how we pray. Is that, is that okay? If you want to pray with a staff member or you want to pray with some of our amazing small group leaders, come over here. Small group leaders, if you see somebody that maybe you have a relationship with or God tells you to come or puts upon your heart to come pray with them, I encourage you to come pray with them. You can just come up to the stage. If you want to come and pray and you don't want anyone to bother you, we won't. I know sometimes we need alone time with God. Amen? If that's you, come to this side. Just stand at the stage, have a conversation with God. No rush whatsoever. I don't care if you're still up here and second service already started. We can't rush what God is trying to put on our hearts. Amen? Let's stand.